This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning. This is Garrett Crawford, and I've got Bruce Landis here today with me. And uh, this is Making Finances Easier with Providence Advisors Group. We do these radio shows every Saturday here at 10 a.m. And uh, if uh, there's anything that we talk about today that you have a question about or want to reach out uh, for our services, feel free to give us a call at 865 770 5031 Providence Advisors Group. We are a uh, independent financial services firm located out here in West Knoxville. If you know where that corner 16 is at the intersection of North Shore Drive and Pellissippi Parkway, uh, we have a big brick office building. You can actually see as you drive down Pellissippi, and we're on the, the bottom floor there. And uh, Bruce, what we've been doing this for, I think Paul and I were saying the other day, he started this thing 30 years ago. Uh, so three three decades. Uh, so we've been around town for a while, and uh, you know we look forward to kind of diving into something new today regarding finances. But uh, outside that phone number, 865-770-5031, we also have a website link you could go to if you're in the car driving, and it's making financeseasier.com and it would go to our Providence Advisors website and if there's something, there's we have a button in the top that says schedule a meeting and you could reach out that way. But uh, enough about that. We've got a question here. Uh, we're we're kind of nearing the end of summer, Bruce. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to maybe share with our listeners maybe what we've done in our off time and free time <laughs> during the summer. And you were telling me something the other day that I thought was pretty neat that you've gotten your hands into. But uh, what's been going on this summer with you, Bruce? Yeah, so I tell my friends, I have become a gardener for the first time in my life. You know, I kind of kicked the tires last year a little bit. You know, I, I bought some plants. I planted them. But this year, it's kind of like a wildfire. It is caught, you know, and is burning brightly. And uh, so right now, I am seeing the fruit of my labors. I have these things called hibiscus. They're called yep. perennial hibiscus, and they're flowers about the size of a saucer. And they are in all their glory right now. So, so this is peak season in July yeah, for them? I don't know. You know, again, I'm just a newbie in the gardening world, but I know they're beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's been fun. I, I, my friends say, what's up with gardening? I said, it's therapeutic. Yeah, <laughs> I well, said, I remember a couple of years ago when COVID hit, uh, you decided you were going to build a fire pit in your backyard. And it, it seems like things have kind of escalated from there. I know birds were a big one a yeah. couple summers ago, and now we're now we're gardening. So a little mini Biltmore Estate garden out there, I'm sure by now. <laughs> it's like, it just goes from one thing to another. I build the fire pit, and then I think, all right, we need some. We need a bird feeder, so I get a bird feeder. Well, now we need a bird bath, so I get a bird bath. Then I need a bird house, so I get a bird. <laughs> so <laughs> and then I think, okay, I need some flowers around this thing, and so 
you know, who would have known that COVID would spark an idea that I need to actually enjoy and fix up my backyard. Yeah, I, I was thinking for me this summer, I, uh, we've, we spent a lot of time at the pool. We just wrapped up swimming season for the kids, so that was hobby enough for mm-hmm. us this year. But I, I swam a little bit at Fort Sanders, but this summer really was uh, both, both my kids. Ella, is she's about eight and a half, almost nine, and my other son, Miles, is getting ready to turn six. And uh, I've told clients basically all summer, they say, what, you, what are you doing? Uh, and I say, you know, we're having a fun time. We don't, it's, it's not – all consuming like sure. i played sports where sure. we were out five nights a week and swim team it's something fun for them to do in the morning and then there's a meet every once in a while so it's not too bad but uh it's been kind of a fun highlight of our summer as we look back my little guy he uh he's the tiniest dude on the team <laughs> uh he's five and he's able to get in there and he was barely making it to the other side at the start of the year and then uh, we were in the pool like last week and he finally got that stroke where he was actually pulling himself in the water doing nice. the freestyle. So uh, he, he did a great job. And then my daughter uh, was just kind of a natural in the water, and uh, she won quite a few first-place ribbons this year. In fact, she told me the other day, she said, Dad, I kind of wish I could get a different color ribbon than blue. <laughs> <laughs> she was jealous of Miles had these fourth, fourth and fifth and sixth-place ribbons, and she, she was like, yeah, mine are kind of boring. Uh, and I said, uh, you, it sounds a little prideful, Ella, but I don't think that you actually know what you're saying there. But uh, anyway, uh, we just finished up with that, and uh, it's been a good summer for us. Yeah, I love it. But uh, anyway, Bruce, I thought we could uh, kind of hop into your world a little bit here. Uh, Providence really kind of exists for the, the person getting close to retirement. I know as a Dave Ramsey uh, provider that you're uh, helping people across the southeast with long-term care insurance and uh, we've done Medicare before but I thought we could just maybe do a quick refresher of everybody gets older we're all aging but what are some of those key things we need to be thinking about if somebody's out there driving around today retirements in the around the corner maybe they're a little past 60 what are those key dates and key things that we need to be thinking about yeah my neighbor said that getting older is not for the weak of heart yeah he uh he was somewhere and he said uh i have an odd request of you could you go and see if my garage door is actually down (laughs) (laughs) and then he said oh i don't like getting older here i don't know even remember if i put the garage door down or not but you know it's it's interesting garrett as we as we get older then these big things come at us, you know, Medicare comes at us, your specialty, which is Social Security. You know, we have to deal with the fact that what happens if, you know, if we lose our health, what's that look like? And those things, you know, we start having to address them. You know, we get into our 50s and 60s and and you have these little markers that if you miss those markers, you're in trouble. You've gone yeah. too far. You know, you missed your exit. And so I think a time like this can really encourage people that we, we want to help them so they don't miss their exit. You know, you get do Medicare at the right time, get help with Social Security, think about extended care and what that's about. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you want to start today? You want to start with maybe Medicare? Yeah, let's, uh, let's start with Medicare. You know, um, I think the thing that uh, for the listeners, I, I would just encourage them that 
you know, Medicare is, it's not rocket science, but it, it's not easy either. And no. so there's just things that you have to do. And one is, is, as you're approaching, as you're listening to this in your one year or within one year of turning, you know, Medicare age, age 65, you're going to have to make some decisions and you have to make them at the right time. And one of those first big decisions is Medicare Part A, which is hospitalization yeah. for the most part, and Medicare Part B, which is your doctors and your outpatient care. You got to make a decision. One, should I enroll at 65? Some people, most people, that's very appropriate. Some people, that's a mistake. You know, it's like, how can enrolling at age 65 be a mistake? Yeah. And yet the answer is, do you have a health savings account? And are you wanting to continue to contribute? contribute. Yeah. Well, I was just even thinking too, I know this is maybe complicating a little bit already, but like uh, I, I've heard that too, that if you sign up for Medicare Part A and you have a health savings account, uh, that, that that's a caution. They some, probably need to go talk to somebody like you to make sure that they, they have their ducks in a row, something about they backdate the yeah. the HSA start date by six months. But uh, does, does, does that matter if it's a spouse? So, like, if, if a spouse signs up for Medicare, could you keep making an HSA contribution because you haven't signed up for a Medicare Part A? Yeah, it gets a little tricky, and those are deeper weeds. Yeah. But I think the, the main caution there is – is the person going to continue to work after age 65? Do they have an existing health savings account? And do they want to continue to, to put more money into it? Yeah. You know, many times those are called a triple uh, tax savings. And if they want to continue to put more money in after 65, then they have to be very, very careful. Well, I've got a little uh, nerd alert here for HSAs. <laughs> the financial planner is going to come in. Uh, I was working with a client last week on HSAs, and uh, husband and wife both had an HSA. Mm-hmm. One one of those people stopped working, and uh, as a family, they had two and the question was, should we keep two or should we keep one? And I won't go into where we, we ultimately landed sure. with them because it was complicated, but uh, I love HSAs. They're the sure. best. Uh, you put money into an HSA. It avoids federal taxes. You can invest it in stock market funds. It can grow with the market, and all that growth is tax-free. Mm. And then you can actually spend on spend all that money and the growth on qualified health expenses, which we're all going to have if we live long enough. That's right. And it can come out of the HSA tax-free. So it goes in tax-free, grows tax-free, comes out tax-free. But I think what a lot of people miss is that that first part when it goes in is that if you have it set up through an employer payroll deduct, you actually get to avoid FICA tax too. Wow. And FICA tax is 6.2% for Social Security and another 1.45% for Medicare. So it sounds like a little bit like little numbers, but uh, if you were going to max out an HSA in one year, you could save $600 this year by the Social Security 6.2% FICA uh, 1.45. And then if you're in the 22, 24% tax bracket, you're saving that on those contributions. So for, for this client, we were like, make sure we're doing it through the employer that we can have payroll deduct set up. Nice. 
and max that baby out because there's nothing better out there than uh, than an HSA. So well, anyway. the benefits keep on going because I had one last week where she this woman had a lot of money in her HSA, and she said my kids told me to use that HSA money and buy the long-term care insurance coverage that I need. Uh-huh. And because it's age bracketed, and she gets you get to put you know, they have an allotment of money that you can use and reimburse yourself. Her entire premium for the year is going to be paid out of her HSA. She's thrilled. You know, yeah. Just, there she said, there's my use for my HSA. I'm going to pay my long-term care uh, premium out of it for as long as there's money in there. Well, yeah, HSA is another point in their favor. But kind of like what you were saying, once you start Medicare Part A, Say bye bye to the HSA contributions, That's right. Right? That's right? Okay. So what what's after Medicare Part A? You did B. Yeah. So A, you have to, you know, you want to be careful of. Uh, for most folks, it's there's no charge to it. They've paid for it obviously yeah. over the years, but uh, once they become 65, the B, which is outpatient and doctors and specialists, that's a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Well, if they're working, then they really are going to have to think strong. Because if they have a group plan at work and they sign up for Part B, Part B has an expense to it. And so many times people are making the mistake they're paying for their group coverage at work and they're also paying for Part B. And that was a mistake. They're they're well insured, but they're spending money they shouldn't be spending because they have a great qualified plan at work. And they should never have taken Part B. And but, just, they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. easy mistake to yeah, make, I'm super sure. Super easy, yeah. Especially if you're on Social Security, which you know working in Social Security is tricky. Because uh, if you make too much money, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. But in that case, uh, if a person is taking Social Security prior to age 65, it auto-enrolls you. So they get B automatically, and if they don't know to disenroll in B before it starts, that's where that mistake many times. And that is. again, that's what you're saying. If somebody is continuing to work yeah, and have right. coverage through that's work, right. if 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 somebody was retiring, they probably would want to start sign up for typically, Medicare Part yeah, B. Typically, there's no reason if you're off of your group coverage, then age 65 is when your B starts. We've had this little jingle I said every time I do a, a seminar. I'm sure the people get tired of it, but uh, I said it's like, a, you know, a line out of Hamlet, Shakespeare, you know, to take part B or not to take part B. That, that is the question. That is the question. And there's a lot of truth in that, actually. it's it's uh, And the cost of it, as you and I have talked about before, is means-tested. So they go back two years and how much did you make two years ago? And that uh, regulates how much you're going to pay for Part B. Yeah, and I, I just was looking that up as you were talking. And so it looked like for 2023 this year, somebody signing up for Medicare Part B was $164.90. Uh, if, if you didn't trigger any of those means-adjusted income levels. Right. Uh, but is that does, does that cover a... A married couple, or is that one sixty four ninety per spouse? Each, yeah, each that spouse is per spouse. Great question, by the way. That is that's one that people get mixed up. Yeah, because part I A say is both of you now remember. So 
Because I think if I've got my Medicare down, Medicare Part A, if you've had enough Social Security credits, you don't pay anything for it. It's you know, free in quotation marks. You've paid for it your whole life. <laughs> uh, but Part B is that one sixty four ninety, And once both spouses, if they're married, they, they would pay, pay that twice. They would come out That's of each right. of their Social Security checks. Yeah. So you can imagine if they're paying uh, an IRMA charge, which is an adjusted uh, charge because it's means tested and let's just say that's up into the 300 or 400 a month realm you know they're paying 600 bucks as a couple yeah just for part b and that's something that i think paul and i've talked on a previous show but uh we actually have some tax software that helps people see that visually where they are if they have another twenty thirty thousand dollars worth of income will they trigger a income related monthly adjustment amount and will their medicare premiums jump up to three hundred dollars a month and their part d premium get another thirty or forty dollar a month charge and when you're married that's uh you know you, you double that yeah and you know people see the you know it's like i think it maybe six or seven thousand dollars extra or something per year and people say, you know, maybe we should uh, pull that IRA money out the next year if we have room. And so it's just always interesting how Medicare IRMA charges yeah. will, will influence uh, some of the, maybe a Roth conversion decision we're making or how much money to pull out. Maybe they're building a house and need some assets. Uh, but IRMA charges are no joke. You don't want to trigger those unknowingly. Yeah. You know, before you and I started, you talked and we, we discussed, hey, we ought to talk about the A, B, C, D, E of Medicare. Yeah. And so the C is next. And C is the official name for Medicare Advantages, which are, you know, this managed care. But I think you can, it's nice to kind of put Medicare supplements into that category as yeah, well, sure. even though it's not officially Medicare Part C. But it helps people organize, all right, A, B, they're going to pay roughly 80% of my charges. Now I have a gap, and I can fill that gap by either an advantage plan, which is managed care, which you have to be a little bit careful of to make sure that your docs and your medicines are within that network, or uh, a tried-and-true Medigap policy that enables you to go to any doctor in the United States that takes Medicare. And uh, so that that gap policy is one where they, as they get closer to Medicare, they're going to have to make a good decision. Yeah, and I was just thinking, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, I thought maybe I could even throw, we, we, we hired a guy named uh, Ben. I think you know who he is, <laughs> uh, Ben Landis. Uh, and he helps now all of our clients make those supplemental or, or the Medicare supplement and the Medicare Advantage plans along with Marissa. Uh, that, that's something that you probably do need help with. Uh, there's a lot to choose from, a lot of minds along the way. And so we really felt like, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a kind of retirement-focused firm, having somebody dedicated here in the office that people yeah. can touch base with to help them make that decision uh, that's independent, that, you know, uh, doesn't feel, you know, the sales pressure right. to, you know, smile and dial a thousand people, right. you know, in a week that uh, we thought having that in, in office that people could uh, could help from was probably yeah. pretty and helpful. the fact that he's, he's an independent advisor, he's not married to any company, he's going to work with all the major companies that supply the answers to Medicare. The folks have, they realize, you know, we're trying to be as objective as we possibly can be for their solutions. I was with an appointment with him the other day. And uh, we were going kind of together, 
and he was picking up things that I had forgotten. And I stopped and I told the folks, you're actually in better hands with yeah. Ben than you ever have been with me because in, he is surpassing me because it's his specialty. That's the number one thing that he does day in and day out. So I told this couple, you are in good hands and he's young. So I said, there's no way, you know, that uh, you're going to outlive it. You yeah. know? So, and they love that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's hop into E here uh, for a couple minutes. Uh, what does E stand for? Is that yeah. part of Medicare? So we're we're making this up and having fun, but it's kind of a good way to remember. E stands for extended care, and you know, in my seminars, I talk about that probably the biggest weakness, Garrett, to Medicare is it doesn't pay for the most part for extended care. And people say, "Well, I thought Medicare paid." I said, "No, that's Medicaid." That is the welfare system, that if you're totally, for the most part, destitute and have spent down your resources, then Medicaid. And is that, this is maybe a newbie question. Is that 10 care? Is that the same That's thing? 10 care, so yeah. 10 care is Tennessee's version, version of, of Medicaid? Medicaid. Okay. That's right. But I said Medicare, which means you have all your assets, you haven't spent down anything. It is very clear that it can pay for 100 days of skilled care, can being the key word. As soon as the docs and the specialists and the therapists say, you don't need skilled care anymore, then Medicare stops paying on that day. And it highlights all over the Medicare material that Medicare does not pay for custodial care help with bathing, dressing, toileting, things like that. And then Medicare is really good and all that uh, information they'll say, and most costs for extended care are custodial care. So I think Medicare does a good job of saying, hey, you know, when it comes to extended care, don't look to us. We're not going to pay. Yeah, they probably should have something in there called Bruce Landis <laughs> to figure this one out. I don't think of the rest of the advisors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, but extended care, as a lot of our listeners know, that are going through it with parents uh, and loved ones, man, it is just expensive as it can be, Garrett. And uh, as a financial planner, you know that. Yikes, you put another 60 grand going out the door a year, minimally, you know, for extended care. What does that do to a portfolio? And so just a quick practical application here, maybe 30 seconds or so, but what's what's a good age for people to start thinking about the extended care part? Yeah, so average age this year, last year, age 55 is when folks are actually putting plans into effect. So I say you know, mid-50s, early 50s, uh, healthy. Oh, when you're healthy, give thanks that you are healthy and then think, I might need to start thinking about uh, long-term care planning because I have assets to protect and I'm healthy. I tell folks every day, insurability is the prize. Is the key. Yeah. I say it every day. Well, uh, I think that's a good place today. Uh, you know, if you if you want to have a conversation about a Medicare plan, we've got Ben here in the office that can put you through the steps. Uh, you know, the long-term care discussion, maybe that's something you've never done before. You have questions. Uh, Bruce is your man to do that. But probably the first best step would be to call us at 865-770-5031. Uh, if you get a voicemail, I just encourage you to leave your name and number, and we will call you back first thing. Monday morning uh, 
to answer your questions, or you can go to our makingfinanceseasier.com website. But until next time, uh, we look forward to doing this again. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.